Welcome to the morning community of Northridge Vineyard. Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. Um, Over the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been looking at um, the, the, the way Jesus connects with people in the community as an example of how we do. Uh, I know maybe you've, you've, you've got that, you've, you've p- picked that up. The other thing that's been happening is over the last three weeks, at least two-thirds of the church has been prayed for. Is that correct? Didn't sound like it was. Yes? Yes? Was that okay? Was it good? And so if you've come this morning and you are in the remaining third, hand up if you're in the remaining third who hasn't been prayed for yet. Okay, that's about a third, not too bad. And if you're a visitor this morning, well, probably you haven't been prayed for as well. And so I'm actually pretty excited that we're going to have time, um, hopefully a good chunk of time at the end of this morning, is to pray for you in, in your heart to reflect Christ to the world in which you live, where you live. And, and so we want to pray, we want to speak into that, we want to lay hands on you. We want to uh, listen to the Lord for you. And so I'm pretty excited about where we're going to get to today. Is that right? So um, next thing we need to do, grab a Bible, open it up to Mark uh, chapter 1. So you can open, turn, flick, swipe, whatever you need to do to get there. Um, I'm going to read from Mark 1 uh, verses 40 to 42. Uh, and it's um, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. I don't know if you've come across this translation of the Bible. Um, it's, a, again, a little bit different. Um, I love how, you know, we, we, we live in such an information age where you can, at the touch of a finger, you can read the Bible in anything, um, in any language, and all sorts of translations. So it's great. So what I want to do is just, I want to look at, at this particular passage um, and what we're looking at here is that we're looking and seeing how does Jesus do it? How does Jesus do this thing of touching people's lives? Because the goal of looking at Jesus is realising that he's our model. Now, okay, we're not the son of God. Um, however, we have the very presence of God within us. And so we go with that sort of authority, with that sort of empowering to touch our world. And uh, so we want to look at how he does it. So a few quick verses here. So let's just read this. On one occasion, a leper came and threw himself down in front of Jesus, pleading for his healing, saying, you have the power to heal me right now if only you really want to. Deep, Being deep of the left with tender compassion, Jesus reached out and touched the skin of the leper and told him, of course, of course I want you to be healed. So now be cleansed. And instantly his leprous sores completely disappeared and his skin became smooth. What a cracker of a story. Now this is also in Matthew, in Matthew, um, in Matthew 8. Um, and I want to quickly skip to that one in a sec, but... Two things that I want to look at this passage. The first is Jesus' reaction to the condition of the man. I love how in this translation it says, He was deeply moved with t- 
tender compassion. Isn't that beautiful? Now, compassion seems to be Jesus' hallmark response. Matthew 9, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Matthew 14, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Matthew 20, Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes and immediately they received their sight and followed him. The first thing is we see Jesus exhibiting is deep compassion. He has this profound way of connecting with the people who he's engaged with. He gets them. He gets their story. He gets who they are and it touches. It's not just a head thing. It's a heart thing for Jesus. He sees them and he feels for them. The second thing that we see from this, um, are you, um, Keith, are you smashing this thing out up here? Is it coming? Wonderful. The second thing is, is the action of Christ. Lepers were the untouchable um, in the culture. Let me just quickly read um, a bit of information about how lepers were in that culture at that time. It says, In Christ's day, no leper could live in a walled town, though he might in an open village. But wherever he was, he was required to have his outer garment rent as a sign of deep grief, to go bareheaded and to cover his beard with a mantle as if in lamentation at his own virtual death. He had further to warn passers-by to keep away from him by calling out, unclean, unclean, or could... Um, uh, nor could he speak to anyone or receive or return a salutation, since in the East this involves an embrace. That was his world. He had to let everybody know he was on the path to death and to stay clear. No one was to touch him. He couldn't touch anyone. Jesus comes by and he runs out, falls on his knees and says, if you want to, you can heal me. What does Jesus do? He doesn't sort of take a step back and go, whoa, oh, leper, mm, stay there. He stays present, and he touches his skin. Not only he could have touched his cloak or his outer garments, he touched his skin. Jesus just, he goes there, doesn't he? He has deep compassion because he's looking at this man and he knows his world. He knows what his days look like, what he's have to do because of the law and the society. And his heart goes, this is not the way it's supposed to be. And he reaches out. And he touches his skin and commands healing over his body. Quick bit of context. In the Matthew version of this passage, it, uh, 
it, it's in Matthew, Matthew 9, Matthew 8, first part of Matthew 8. Um, Matthew 7 is the end of the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus is up on the mountain, he's doing all that stuff, you know, teaching, teaching, teaching. And then he gets to, uh, at the end of uh, Matthew 8, uh, Matthew 7, Matthew says this. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority, not as their teachers of the law. So there's something about Jesus that is quite confounding to everyone who witnesses and hears how he speaks. But the last teaching he gives that Matthew records is this. Let's go to the next slide. Matthew 7.24, it says this. Jesus is now just challenging the people and he says, Now everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. When the rains fell and the floods came, fierce winds beat against this house. It stood firm because of its strong foundation. But everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish man who built his house on the sand. When the rains, and the, uh, when the rains came and the floods came and the wind and the waves beating upon this house, it collapsed and was washed away. That's his last teaching. And now on the way in Matthew, it says, on the way down the hill, this leper appears. You just sort of wonder, you know, what Matthew was trying to suggest is that here is Jesus saying, if you're really wise, you'll not only just listen to what Jesus is up to, but you'll actually put something into practice. And here it is, Jesus, right there, kneeling in his feet, he goes, I want to bring the love of God to bless this man. Well, I uh, so the two sort of things out of this is we need compassion and we need this capacity, this willingness to reach out our hand and to touch people. Now, we don't normally meet lepers, but I'm aware that when we are with people we don't know or we're in situations that we're not familiar with, sometimes doing something that the Lord may ask of us could feel like touching a leper. It's a bit like, oh my goodness, don't want to do that. I'd rather just be nice and safe. And yet Jesus is challenging us to do that. Now I feel like today, one of the things, this, this past week, last week, Kath and I had the privilege of going down to Barrel, um, Southern Highlands, for those of you who aren't overly familiar, um, and we preached at the Church of Christ Church down there where uh, Jono and Deb Hunt are going. Now, I'm aware that some of you, not too, well, all of you, you actually prayed for these guys last weekend, I believe. Is that right? Um, and so you will know that their young four-year-old daughter, Emily, has, was diagnosed with a really uh, aggressive uh, brain tumour and that's been removed and now she's on... Um, a fairly significant dose of chemotherapy, and it's like, oh my goodness. Well, John and, Jono and Deb came up, because they used to be part of our church before they went down there for work. They came up here for Christmas, they came to church, and they said, hey guys, great to see you. Hey, we don't have a minister at the moment. Do you want to come down and preach at one of our, at our services? And Kath and I said, yeah, love to. That'd be super. And so about three weeks or about a month ago, 
um, you know, we did the whole texty thing, what would work, and so we organised to go last Sunday, not knowing what was about to transpire. And so on the Saturday night before we went down last weekend, they had just had the report saying how significant this tumour was and the impact that it was now going to have on their life. Now, these guys, Jono and Deb, they love the Lord and and it's been a delight to see them respond so positively. um, Maybe that's the wrong word. They have responded really appropriately by pushing into the Lord, by going to God and saying, God, we don't know what this is. It's a bit scary. We don't know what's going to happen to our beautiful girl and our our whole world's going to be thrown up into turmoil but we're going to trust you. And now they've got people all over the world, including us, praying for them. And so Kath and I walk into this church. who have just heard this news. We don't know any of them in the building, and yet so quickly God did something. And he gave us just this amazing compassion for these guys as they shared their story. The, one of the elders got up and he was leading communion, um, and he almost wept just saying, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to do in response to this situation. But we're going to take this bread, we're going to take this juice and remember the Lord and his power. And we were just like, oh my goodness. And so, you know, I don't want us to sort of think, oh, I've got to get compassion because I actually believe it's what God gives us. As we connect with people, as we hear their story, or see their circumstance, God, because he's in us, he is the God of compassion. Jesus is the Lord of compassion. And so I don't want us to go, man, I've got to get some compassion if I'm really going to save the world. No, just be present. Hear what's going on in people's lives and receive it from the Lord. Lisa and I... um, Last week we're in preparation. Last week it was the week before, I think, least wasn't it? Um, we're in. We've just started this School of Kingdom ministry, and one of the things that we had to do as leaders is to get out and do a bit of stuff. So we've got some stories to tell, and so we went to Cafe Thirty Eight Ninety Eight Twenty. It's got an eight in it. Um, um, at Thorn at Normanhurst, you know, some of you who live nearby, you'll know that. And so we went and had a great conversation with one of the waitresses there, and then we come out, and here's this eighty-five-year-old guy who's walking up, up the road carrying this beautiful white orchid. And I just say, that's a beautiful orchid. How, you know, you're just being nice. You know, I don't know the guy. Um, and he said, I've just been given it by a friend. My wife died five days ago. <laughs> Boom, once again, just, you just feel, you, you, you connect, you hear somebody's story and God just goes, boom, in your heart. And so Lisa and I are standing there and we are both knowing that we need to pray for this guy and just ask God's blessing on him. And he told us that he was a, he was a, a faithful Catholic man who went to the local Catholic church and we said, are you okay? Have you got people around you? Yes, I do. The church has been wonderful. And, but we said, can we pray for you? And he said, yes. And we, you know, we did the prayer that we love to pray here at Northridge. All good stuff. God brings it. I think part of it is that willingness. Lord, help me just to be willing to reach out my hand. Just to start a conversation. Hear somebody's story and then know 
that God will bring everything that we need. The disciples were told, don't leave Jerusalem until you have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Do you know that passage? Because he said, then you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, and to the very ends of the earth. We want to reflect the love of God. Amen? God has put a deposit in you that is unbelievably life-transforming. Is that right? He has blown your world upside down. Is that true? Is that true? Is that what you've experienced? That's my experience. And so we've got some great stuff to share. Our story, what God did for us. And, and, and wherever we go, we carry the presence of the living God. So, end of message, we're going to pray. It's pretty good, huh? Almost 15 minutes. It's a miracle. Praise Jesus. <laughs> um, what we want to do is what we've done before. In fact, um, Keith, can you throw up the, um, the next slide, which is the people that we maybe haven't prayed for this week. Now, we may not have identified your category of life. Or you came this week and you didn't come last week and you missed your thing. So it's if you haven't been prayed for, then you are welcome to stand and receive prayer. Now, can I just sort of... Now, I'm not too sure. I haven't been here the last couple of weeks. We've been at Hornsby and then Barrel. But this is, I guess, this is how I'm perceiving we're going to look at doing this. If you fit one of these categories or you haven't been prayed for or you're a visitor and go, I'd love to be prayed for, well, then we're going to get you to stand up in a sec. And then the rest of us hooligans um, are going to gather around you and we're going to pray for you. But we're not just going to pray nice prayers because what we do at Northridge is that we stop for a moment, don't we, and we listen and go, Lord, what is it that you want to say to this person? What is it that you want to speak into their environment that would encourage them, inspire them, fill them with compassion, give them the courage to, to reach out their hand. Is that okay? That's what we do here. All right? And so it is a little bit of... I'm, so I'm going to pray a general la-di-da, okay? And then we're going to make sure in our groups we're going to just stop and listen to the Lord for each other and speak into where they're at, where, where you know, the people that we're praying for, that God would just open the doors all over the place. God is on the move, yes? He wants to... You are in your workplace. You are in one of these environments, not just to earn a living. You are there to shine Jesus. Yes? A little bit louder than that. Yes? yes? Good. I think we may have it. All right. Very good. So... We need to know who we're praying for. So if you're in any of those categories that I mentioned, you need to stand up. And if you're in the middle, move into the aisle, spread around. So that whole row needs to come out. And and just be here, be somewhere. And then we need at least three people with every person. So I'm hoping that works. Or maybe at least two. Okay, so... All right, so my goodness, they're all the people that we're praying for. We've got a lot of work to do. All right. The rest of us, stand up, and if, nobody, if somebody's not praying for you, put your hand in the air until somebody arrives. 
everybody gets to play here. Everybody. So come on, guys, stand up. We're praying. Turn around. Look at who's there. Spread around. Come on, keep going until you find somebody to pray for. My goodness. Good. Put your hand up if somebody's not praying for you. We need more prayers. You've got you to, if you've got too many people praying, maybe we only need one person. At least two, maybe one. If, if, do some joining together. Do some joining together. All right, let me pray. We'll get to you if you haven't got your hands up. Go join another group. Okay, I know you're doing it already. Father God, let's just shh, 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 shh. let's just pray and just listen to the Lord. Father God, we, we bless you for the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you that he's in us and he's in these beautiful folks that we're about to pray for. Lord, we want to wait and listen to you. What is it that you want to say to these guys? Inspiring and encourage them, Lord. So Holy Spirit, just come over this whole room and lead us as we pray and encourage these folks in where they're at, in Jesus' name. Okay, guys, now listen to the Lord, find out where they're up to, and then listen, and then let's just bless them. Thank you, Lord.